Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Last we left the Jank squad, they had found themselves eating a nice plate of breakfast. In the midst of their breakfast, Waterdeep was attacked, and attacked in a big way. Dragons, Githyanki, all opened through a portal through the sky. They came down, and they some some of them at least seemed to have targeted the singing sword itself, uh, with a dragon dropping onto a roof, blowing fire everywhere, and a good old wizard, Lenny, the wizard, saving the singing sword and helping people out. With Lenny's help, the Jank Squad was able to overcome and defeat the small squad that had been sent to them to attack, kill, capture Malamara. They're not sure because everyone is unconscious currently before the remaining dragons and Githyanki disappeared through the portal in the sky. And that is where we join our adventures on this week's episode. So, Jank Squad, all of you are outside, immediately outside the singing sword. Lenny is uh, hunched back, jumping in the air, like uh, clicking his heels together, laughing. Did you see that? Did you just see me? Ah, I love this. Ah, I miss it so much. <laughs> While the guards are distracted by Lenny, I will pull my friends aside and just be like, now the big thing, the big question I have in my mind at the moment is, do we tell the Council of Waterdeep about this? Because that could implicate us with all of these Githyanki oh, that are no. after us. Heavens no, we're definitely not going to say not. a thing. Don't tell, not a the thing. Word. Silence. <laughs> Mom, yes, this exactly. point on, this never happened. Let's not yes. talk about it again, ever again. <laughs> we're going to wrap this up in a bow. And just leave it here. <laughs> what happens at the singing sword stays at the singing sword. Exactly. Speaking of which, okay, there's a lot to unpack with what just happened, but in the immediate aftermath, I think we should, one, search the bodies, and two, I've heard dragon thingies like claws or teeth or scales are very rare and very nice to have. So, Malamara, are you, I don't mean to stereotype, because you're from the north and you always talk about hunting. But are you good at hunting? <laughs> are you good at like at, at stripping a corpse, you know, of 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 a, of a animal? Malamara takes out her hunting knife and it shines in the morning light. I got this. Okay. Um, I will go search the bodies then, maybe. Mal will trot off toward the dragon body and start harvesting body parts. And while these two are getting up to all kinds of sketchy stuff, Fleep will just be like, Oh, you should have seen Lenny. He came in out of nowhere and just distracting the cards and heaping all of the praise onto Lenny so that we will not be at all connected with this here event. <laughs> Mal, let's start with the, the skinning of the dragon then. Uh, what I mean, I imagine you're going for some of the easy things first, the teeth, uh, the claws second, and then the scales maybe? I love teeth, claws, scales, and then depending on the toughness of the skin, perhaps other internal organs, like perhaps a heart. <laughs> okay. 
How big is a dragon heart? How big is anybody's heart? Well, the Grinch was small. <laughs> but it grew three sizes that day. <laughs> it did. Which seems like a concerning it medical did. condition. I mean, your your husband is the medical professional, so maybe we can let's consult him on dragon hearts. <laughs> Snap him in the room real quick. We need uh we need an answer to this. We'll say that for the time being, we'll do this in ten minute intervals. Great, uh, Mickey. Just in uh, case something were to, I don't know, interrupt you or stop you from shaving this dragon's entire scales off of their body or, you know, things like that. And every 10 minutes, I just ask Lenny to tell another story about when he was a young adventurer. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and roll a nature check. Yeah, we'll do a nature check. Can I make a case for using my survival instead? Because it's wisdom. Oh, yeah. I would I would know how to skin and treat an animal. Yeah, we'll do survival. That's a better case here, I think, because I forgot survival was a skill. <laughs> Have we used it ever <laughs> in this no, campaign? No, and it's survival. one of the things I'm trained think, in. <laughs> didn't we do one time like yeah. for tracking purposes? When, when we tracked the when we were trying to find the camp. That's right. Ba- our way back to the camp. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, back in greenest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back in greenness. There's a callback episode. And while Mal is stripping this dragon, she's going to send Zaza off on patrol with a whistle. Because I feel like a dragon watching another dragon get filleted could be, I don't know, mentally harming. So Flaple's <laughs> just crying in the corner over there. I've never seen it. It's too real. <laughs> Putting on a brave face for the reporters. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first roll is an 18. 18. All right. So for the teeth, you spend 10 minutes working on the teeth here. Uh, With an 18, you are able to uh, make your way through the mouth here. It's these teeth are sharp. They're quite young, actually, as well. They're not the it's not a baby dragon, but this is a um, late teens, maybe early 20s dragon uh, just about to start off on their career. And so the teeth are almost in pristine condition as a result of that. Um, You're able to get in 10 minutes. Do you want me to write this down, Mickey, in just our bag of holding? Um, Sure. Four large dragon teeth. We will leave that for there because it's 10 minutes. Um, So then we'll jump over to Lance. Hmm. All right. I will investigate the bodies. All right, go ahead and roll an investigation check, please. Oh, I'm going to use my inspiration because <laughs> I don't like that one. Oh. Unless you tell me it's not really worth it. Like if you say, oh, there's not, there's not really going to be anything, Jake, so don't worry about it, then yeah, totally <laughs> I'm going to let you make the decision Dang to use inspiration okay, first I will, I will, because this is tied to Mickey's story, I'm hoping that there's something, so I will use it. All right, here we go. Oh, son of a! <laughs> it went from a four to a one. Oh. <laughs> oh! I'm just admiring the awe of Malamara's craftsmanship. Ugh. Yeah. Your your um your hands are shaking. My knees are quaking. Because a dragon just shot fire at the place you were staying at, and you are going through these bodies. 
some of them very stiff from the cold <laughs> that they just uh, were rocked with. Uh, the monks have little to nothing on their person. They don't have money. They just have um, maybe like uh, you, one of them has a healer's kit, but that's it. So you can pocket that and jot that down that you have a healer's kit, but the other one doesn't have anything. The uh, Gith Yankee warriors, each of them have their swords. Are they just like Malamara's? I mean, I probably can't glean too much from this stupid roll, but... They do appear to be like Malamara's swords. And uh, as you're going through their pockets, you can't find much of anything else, though. Uh, it's just the swords. It doesn't appear that they have, like, the attuned stone to the plane that the other crew did, uh, what that first encount- you first encountered. So... Uh, as you go to walk away from one of the warriors, though, you trip a little and you realize it's because this warrior has gripped the cloak of you and like very weakly and is like <gasps> looking up at you from the ground as you looted its body or so to speak. But it looks to this, this Gith Yankee warrior is still alive as it's gripping you and looking at you. It's unable to say anything currently and its grip weakens but you just see this hatred and this distaste as it looks up at you wolf i'll call fleeple over i'll use our secret signal which we know between the two of us what that is yes and it's secret so we can't tell the audience what it is exactly so yeah oh um, i was just gonna say oh it's it's so secret you gotta I mean, describe it. How do I you... use the secret signal? You know. Yeah, we've I mean. kept it secret even from the dungeon master this entire exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And to call Fleeple over as this kind of Geth Yankees at the last of its breath, and I will just be like, uh, "This one's alive. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if we should keep it alive, but then the authorities might link us, especially to what just happened." Um, or should we, like, heal it, like, a little bit, and then, like, interrogate it, and then, you know, I don't know, um... It's hard to know, because the last time we kept one of these guys alive to try and interrogate it, we got a little bit of information, but realistically, not a ton of actionable information from it. That's very true. Uh, about this time, Fleeple, uh, and this is close to the end of the ten minutes here, for Mal's, uh, harvesting purposes... Uh, you realize that there's only the two guards that had uh, initially showed up. Well, the four guards that had shown up for the battle, two of them left because they were badly damaged and injured. And the other there's so there's only two on the scene with Lenny taking statements, uh, helping people out. Uh, no additional guards have shown up in that time frame. And that's about the time that Lance calls you over to the Gith Yankee. It seems that perhaps the gods have granted us an opportunity to get some information from this Gith Yankee. <laughs> I mean, I would assume, I thought they were all dead, but yet suddenly, <laughs> like, one's alive. Yes, and the guards are disappearing. They're not here yeah, to implicate us. Gone. Gith Yankee was alive. Malamar is busy. You don't know if I rolled death saving throws behind the DM screen. You don't know if I rolled those. Feels like a call to action. It feels a little bit like the same. I don't actually have Spare the Dying, even though I am a cleric. <laughs> oh, I can use my freaking healer's kit that I literally just picked up. <gasps> Another key that Thomas wants this thing alive! <laughs> exactly. 
So I will use my healer's kit to stabilize the creature. Ooh, yes. And that's right. one out of ten uses. Well, you're not trained in healer's it kit. It didn't say you had to be trained. I'm trained in an herbalism kit. And what I looked up, it just says healer's kit. Like, you got one and you use it. There's a whole feat in 5th edition for it. There's no proficiency with a healer's kit. Yes. There you go. Yeah, the the healer feat allows you to stabilize and also regains a hit point, and you restore 1d6 plus 4 hit points to them. So having a feat allows you to do more with the kit. Well, look at that. Okay. I'm just using kits instead of spells. There you go. So no roll needed. Lance, you just go, ah! and you throw a bunch of, like, a Vicks vapor rub at his chest. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... And you just start rubbing it in. And you're like... Ah. I, I take off his socks, I rub it on his feet, and I put it back on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's one of the uh, uses of the medicine kit. And uh, the Githyanki is a little bit more aware and <laughs> wrinkles its nose <laughs> at the foul odor. <laughs> All right, so let's tie him up and take him up to the room, I suppose. So we're... <laughs> Why do we always get, me and Fleep will get good cop, bad cop situations? <laughs> like Malamar is just, I could just see like the shot, like this, the camera shot of like Malamar like plucking a tooth, but in the background you see like these two, uh, you see me and Fleeple, or Lance and Fleeple just like... Carrying this guy off to a side alley. <laughs> yep, that's exactly how I imagined it as well. <laughs> and fortunately, the lobby is certainly cleared out, so nobody's going to be seeing us carrying a, an unconscious body upstairs into our room. <laughs> Ned, remind me, are you. Is Fleeple proficient in any charismas? Uh, I doubt it, but let me check. No, zero proficiency in charisma. Because I actually, anywhere. at least the last time I did something, I did take a proficiency in persuasion with my moving proficiency, but how much pluses do you have to charisma? Uh, plus two. Well, then we'd be equal, because I have a negative one, <laughs> but it gives me proficiency, which is three, and so we're <laughs> equal to persuasion. Yay! There you go. All right, so as you are uh, picking up this body and uh, bringing it over to the singing sword, Mal will have you roll another survival while these two just bring this body into the same sword. You, you hear from in the lobby as we're as we're passing by, the sword goes, "Oh my gosh!" Oh my God. <laughs> Mal got a natural one trying to pry the claws out of this dragon's hands. Wow. Yeah, that sounds no painful. claws, no claws, and you actually cut your hand, so you have to stop. Healer's kit! Who has a healer's kit? <laughs> if only I had a healer's kit. <laughs> and uh, Vic's Vapor Rub ain't gonna fix that cut, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I just imagine the healer's kit is just like a bag of essential oils. That's it. <laughs> it might be. It might be. But Mal, you are... Uh, you cannot do any more survival on this dragon until you until some time has passed for your hand to either be bandaged get it worked again but yes you will need to uh, attend to it to some degree whether that's giving it time or using the healer's kit something like that 
But Lance and Fleepla, as you walk in, you see the singing sword and that young lady scribe who's the barmaid um, that served you breakfast that morning. The singing sword is uh, in the corner with her going, all right, now read it back to me again. Read it back. And she starts to read some of the narrative and said, like a crimson fire uh, falling from the sky. The the adventurers, the Jank Squad, um, lit up the lit up the day, brighter than the light with their heroic. No, no, no! Start again. That's terrible. It's too cliche. As you just slowly sneak past him with this unconscious body and zip upstairs to your room. Uh, you hear a bunch of frightened people in their rooms, uh, and as you uh, walk past one of the rooms, a woman is like, oh, who, "Who's out there? What's going on? Can we come out yet?" Uh, it is perfectly safe. Just give us like ten seconds. Uh, what? What? Oh, okay. I I can come out though. Uh, uh, hello, hello. As you're already in your room and the door is shut and uh, you lock it, and you both find yourselves in the room that the three of you are sharing uh, with the unconscious but stabilized vixed vic vicked up um, Gith Yankee warrior. <laughs> okay, so this. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm getting kind of tired of the good constable, bad constable shtick. I'm just so bad at it. <laughs> it How works just every time. <laughs> it's gold. It's comedy gold. <laughs> yes, it's... Uh, how, can we can we just, like, threaten this guy's life? I feel like that's We're the not most proficient effective. in intimidation. We just established this. <laughs> okay, how about I just, like... I, I mean, we just we pull out a dagger and, you know, put it maybe an inch into his sternum. That's enough intimidation, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let, let's just, just bad cough it up. Or, no, that's... Is that the good... All right, let's just do it. Yeah. Or, oh, I just had an idea. What if we pretend that we're going to sell out Mal to this Gith Yankee? There's the creative juices flowing. All right. Yes. All right, let's wake him up. All right, I go over there and I start singing Evan Ensign's Wake Me Up, Wake Me Up Inside. And I'm just like <laughs> slapping him on the side of the face. <laughs> and the next door neighbor in their room is just like, Say, <laughs> just jamming to you to Fleeple singing as well. Like, oh man, I love that. I love seventh grade. <laughs> as, as you sing this ditty, this Skip Yankee reluctantly wakes up. <laughs> reluctantly wakes up. <laughs> and it's oh, like, and rolls onto its, uh, from its side to its back and looks up at you. <laughs> Goes, uh, in that strange language, but all in common. Why do you torture me with your singing? Ah, uh, we don't mean to torture you. We mean to assist you. You want the one who stole your sword, right? Yes, of course. That is why we are here. Listen, we are sorry about your dragon and your friends. We, we, we've we just found out we're too deep into this, okay? It's too deep. We've gotten too deep into it. We just want to get out. So we want to help you. What are you looking for? What's your goal? If we can maybe come to a compromise, then everyone, you know, can, you know, your hand washes mine. I'm really bad at this. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Well, I need the sword. Why? Okay. May I ask just, Malamon is very, uh, our friend's very attached to this sword. Why, why do you need it so much? You had a bunch of swords that you came with. Why do you need this one in particular? It's not that we need this sword in particular. It's that we need all 
these swords in particular. But you just lost like four of them. <laughs> yes, I am aware. Oh, okay, sorry. And these swords, they are... They are more, and you wouldn't understand. But I will try to explain to you. <sighs> Since I am at your mercy. These swords, they are our birthright. We come from a land far from here, not of your land. A land of timelessness, of agelessness, where we live forever. And these swords are a symbol of the oppression which our ancestors cast off and shrugged off generations ago, generations upon generations ago. And it is every Gith Yankee's right, privilege, and responsibility to become worthy of the sword. And just as a note, where is this guy's sword? Did you leave it in the street? Uh, I think probably... I think, well, reflecting on that, I think Lance, just to try and clean this up and try and, like, take away as much evidence as possible to not tie us at all to it, I think I would have shoved it in, like, the bag of holding, potentially. Mm. Okay. And that's fine. I, I, that's one reason why I'm asking. I, why I wanted to uh, clarify. These swords are our status, our symbol. They can get passed down from father to son, from son to grandson, so on and so forth. They are earned by our noblest of warriors through bond, through brother and sisterhood. They are waged in war to ensure our freedom from slavery and tyranny and also to protect the freedoms which we have claimed to be ours. That's rough, buddy. Um, Lance, can I speak <coughs> with you for a moment? Yeah, yes, yes, of course. Sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. Should we should we figure out how Mal got her hands on that he sword? He seems in the like first a legit place? dude. Like, yes. I feel kind of bad now. There's part of me that's like, uh, it's probably something to do with Air 2. Like, Malamara, we, we should we should ask, we should just get answers from Malamara, right? Well, I mean, she might not have it. It might be just like, hey, the demon gave me it, so, like, yeah, <laughs> screw you. <laughs> what is that malimpression? <laughs> that was, Lance is terrible at acting, so... That's his. That's this his. Is like Malamara this English. That's his Malamara. English slacker slash bad. He tried, hey, trying to go great. to a neutral American accent, but Lance is terrible at at, <laughs> at impressions. So he went to very. He's got a pretty good cowboy impression. That's true. That's true. He did. That's because I during that whole escapade, I I was proficient in performance. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Yes, you know what. Here, you you stay here with the prisoner. Play some parcheesi or something. I'll go. I'll go chat with Mal for a moment. What is it with you and cheese? Okay. And I will go skittering down to try and find Mal. Two. That woman uh, that you had talked to, she's cracked the door open and be like, you're, sh you're sure it's safe to come out now? Yes, I am so sure. I'm sure that I've ever been sure of anything in my life. Yes, come here. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll toss a silver at her and say, shut up and get a drink. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. How dare you? I'm not some common... 
bag as you're just already downstairs and like <laughs> um you rush out and no one else is in the main tavern area it's still just the singing sword and that uh a barmaid um you run out you run outside and mal is nursing this wound and she's wrapping it in a bandage and just like uh, licking away some of uh, some of the dried blood at this point, and just ah. After having cut herself, she turns and goes, "Fleeple, can Fleeple, Lance?" She's looking around, and suddenly her compatriots are gone. And so she can Mal go over to the guards that are talking to Lenny, the wizard, and see if any of them. I assume some of them have some kind of bandage or you know field medic supplies on them because they're guards and get her hand wrapped so that she can go back to the scales yeah and so as you um as you go to them they're like oh yes of course i i have i just have one role here adventurer uh lenny here was just telling me uh, that you're part of his crew is that that, is that a fact it is if he says yes, so yes that's a fact think i know exactly the kind of talent to bring into my me my my adventurers here she's she's my number one i mean you see those pelts uh, she she's gonna make those pelts i mean those speak of high quality of being able to um pull down the those creatures with a bare fist and rip them right off their bodies and this lenny is very into his uh five minutes of fame right now so Mal, you're able to easily sidestep away from these guards for the time being as some commoners uh, have started to crowd around Lenny as well. Yeah, I, I show up and I see the wound. Oh, that, that, that's rough, buddy. Uh, Malamara, can you can you talk to me a little bit about how you... How'd you get the sword, you know? Oh my Just gosh. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in a Sleepo, phase... Are you bad, Constable me right now? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm so sick of not knowing which constable I'm supposed to be. But, you know, we're in this new age of radical transparency between all of us as comrades and teammates and whatnot. So I'm just hoping that maybe we can just have a normal conversation about, well, you got the sword and maybe how we can get these people off our backs, you know? Mal will take out her sword that she had put away when <laughs> the Gith Yankee fell and will unwrap the sword for the first time and Fleeple sees this gleaming silver sword that has all these beautiful and intricate carvings all along the blade and as she looks at it in the light she talks more to the sword than to Fleeple <sighs> Air 2 gave me the blade I'm sure that's no surprise to you mm. I, I, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. It's not a surprise. Um, so the, the the thing here is, you know, we have this kind of new shtick we're working on where it's like, hey, if we help Malamara to, you know, finish whatever quest or whatever agreement she had with Ertu, then, you know, we can be an independent unit all acting. You know, we, we can form like a, we can go from being sole proprietorships to being like an LLC or something. We would need to write up a new contract if we were to do that. But I, I'm, where, where am I going with this line of thinking? Okay, so here's... we. What is your connection with this particular sword is what I'm getting at. Aside from just the fact that Air 2 gave it to you, what's like the significance of the fact that you own this sword? Mal sighs. It's a part of my boon with Air 2. I need... 
the power he promised me and the power granted by this sword to wipe out the orc horde that killed my village. That's the deal that I made. Ertu promised me increasing power until I eventually reach the point that I need to kill them off. And so he has asked for a few errands in return. And the sword symbolizes the boon and the power he gave me to avenge my family. Hmm. How do you feel about the idea of killing an entire tribe of people? They aren't people. They're orcs. Well, kobolds aren't people. They're kobolds. Now, I... Malamara, I don't mean to try and dismiss the pain that you've gone through. If this is what you need to do to get out of this bad deal that you found yourself in, then Lance and I can help you out with it. Mal is not quite sure what to say because she knows the the past that Fleeple has with his own kind and then hearing him promise <laughs> essentially what Mal understands to be that to gain the power that she needs to wipe out another village. Interesting. The difference he sees in that, because he has always seemed to be a pillar of... Is morality the right word? That he, he always seems so moral and so just to Mal that hearing him offer that makes her actually uncomfortable that he would maybe quote-unquote stoop to the level of Air 2 and the and the places that she's gone for vengeance just to help her out. I'm you know, not here to try and judge the path that you have walked. Uh, I'm here to try and help you get onto the path that you eventually want to get onto. Because it, it seems hmm. like you want to get onto a good path. And we'll, we'll help you get there by hook or by crook, as it were. I think that's a saying. I don't know what it means, but I've heard it before. It, it sounds like a shepherding phrase, and you wear that shepherd's or the sheep skin, so maybe you heard it somewhere in your past as Mal is rewrapping the sword. Yes, it's actually, I, 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 I've never spoken to a shepherd before. I'm a bit of a, a lizard in sheep's clothing over here, you might say. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I'm surprised it took us that long to get to that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me too. He's sitting on that one for a while. Mouse stows the newly wrapped sword behind her back. And she looks at Fleeple. I think that being with you two is the path that I'm choosing, if that makes sense. I, I think it's fulfilling the power that I want, but it's also shown me a different side to humanity than I thought that it would, which I find also ironic that it's an elf and a kobold that is showing me humanity. I, I, the irony is not lost on me. Yes. Well, if you decide that, you know, maybe your end goal, if you, if you maybe feel like your desire to pursue that end goal is changing, then who knows? Who knows? There are, there are many ways to skin a kobold that's wearing the skin of a sheep. Or a dragon, which I'm actually going to go get back to. I truly believe that taking down the cult 
is for the best for not only us, but possibly all of Faerun, because this whole Tiamat business seems really impending and dangerous. So I'm committed to taking down the cult, and I can get on with my vengeance later. And I, I, I truly am sorry about these attacks, that they're because of me. But I need you to understand that I can't give up this sword right now. I can't let go of this boon until I see it through. Yes. Well, we'll, uh, I, I should probably go back and catch up with Lance. Uh, he's not the most socially adept person, and I left him upstairs with a very angry prisoner. So we'll, we'll talk about this whole... She doesn't know the, about the prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about this whole... Wait, Fleeble, what did you just say? We'll talk about this whole Northern Raiders situation uh, later on, and I will uh, catch you later. I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye now. Uh, okay, I'll be here with the dragon carcass. <laughs> I'll go back to try to get the scales off as Fleeple runs very quickly in the opposite direction. Uh, Ned, go ahead and take a dive inspiration. Oh, thank you. I'm really liking the awkwardness of Fleeple being portrayed so soon after the contract's been breached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I as I'm rushing back towards the room with Lance, I like pull out a little scroll, like a little shopping list, and I write down dictionary of idioms and stow that back <laughs> in my haversack. And uh, uh, as I'm, like, rushing towards the room where Lance is, I stop in front of the other door and I knock on it. And I'm like, uh, I sorry that I told you to shut up. I was lashing out from a place of stress. You're a, a fine person, I'm sure. Here, buy another drink. And I toss her another silver piece and then go rushing to Lance. You just hear a chair smash against the door that you had opened. You're currently making an enemy, uh, this woman, so to speak. She becomes the big bad at the end of the campaign. I just wanted to know if I could leave my room. <laughs> oh, you still haven't left your room. What you, you still haven't left it. Okay, and then I walk in and see, uh, hey, buddy, how has it been going in here? How has it been going, Lance? Uh, as soon as kind of Fleeple has left the room where he's like, I'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you go talk to Mal, okay, bye. And the door will close and Lance will turn around with a very different composure on. And he will pull out his daggers and he will very purposely showing this Githyanki that he is going to activate his dagger of venom. And he's going to just say... He's going to kneel down next to the, like this tied-up Kithyank. He's like, I'm really tired of you coming after my friend. I understand you have these personal connections, and I respect and honor, but that all goes out the window when you attack us. I know the sword's not hers. She knows it's not hers. And if you keep coming after us, we'll keep killing more of you, and you'll keep losing more and more swords. Now... As a gesture of goodwill, and he'll reach into his bag of holding and he will take out the swords that were left on the ground by these Githyanki. I will return these to you. You can go back, find a way to get back to your people, and tell them to back off when our friend 
has finished what she needs, she will return the sword. We need time to get her to that place. Otherwise, people will just keep dying, and you'll keep losing more and more swords. Go ahead and roll an intimidation check. I'm not good at that. And you'll do it with advantage. Oh, well, that makes me luckily good at that, hopefully. Uh, Eleven. The eleven doesn't have a sway on your argument, meaning the argument is exactly as you stated it. It doesn't fall on deaf ears. The individual below you uh, just sighs. <sighs> closes his eyes as he's just very hurt and Vix is the only thing keeping him going. He is just in pain and you hear his wheezing as he's just taking these deep breaths. <sighs> Look, I realize how powerful you are. We've underestimated your crew twice now. And the second time we brought some of our dragons and accords ended us up. Oh, but it's not up to me if we can stop coming. Whether you kill me or send me back, the order will still be to come and attack and to get her sword. Because it's not her sword. By the purple skies, she didn't even take the sword. We just, we need it back so it doesn't fall into the hands of those that control her. I give you my word, it will not touch that being's hands again. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can guarantee that. I just killed a dragon. Yes. Yeah, how about a demon god? I'm working on that. Yeah, it's something to work on. Because as long as she's under him, you won't be able to control whether he takes that sword or gives it to another. I'm trying to give you a chance here, and you're making it very difficult. Look, I'm just giving you the facts of the situation. And Fleeple, this is about the time that you walk into the room. Hey, buddy, how's it been going in here? <laughs> it's out of my control, and realistically, it's out of your control, too. It's not something you can control as long as she's connected to him. And that is connected to him. Okay. And he's like pushed himself up a little bit and he's on one elbow turned towards you. Uh, not with desperation, but with earnestness as he's saying that all of this to you. Did I show up at a bad moment? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> you have to get the sword away from her. We have to break her connection to it, or else. <laughs> and he has a coughing fit. It takes him a little bit of time to recover from. <sighs> Give me a second, and I'll go over to Fleeple, and I'll relay to Fleeple kind of what, what has been said, 
and just like, I know we're not going to get that sword away from her anytime soon. <sighs> what do we do here? <sighs> I feel like we need to have another conversation with Malamara, but maybe we should wait until after the summit. Yeah, yeah, the back and forth. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make a decision here, and I'm gonna walk up to the guy with my daggers, and I will screw it. I'm gonna cut him loose. <sighs> He's rubbing his wrists as he's very, very injured still. He doesn't jump up. He doesn't rush at you. He's just uh, is uh, holding his side and catching his breath as you cut him loose. Fleepo, could you give him, like, a hit? I pull out a sprig of mistletoe, and I, uh, I'll i just take the, the sprig of mistletoe, and I'll just wave it like incense underneath his nose as I burn it, and I will use my ritual of mistletoe level one cure wounds give this guy a minimum amount of hit points from that that'll be five hp (sighs) he no longer has to rely on the vix he is able to uh get to his knees he uh, holds his side as he stands up and starts to slowly inch his way up into a standing position with his head hanging down, his uh, arm holding onto his side, one, the other arm holding himself up on the wall. Uh, I will hand him all four of his fallen comrades and himself swords just to hold on to. And I'm going to say, this might be the stupidest thing I've ever done, but I'm banking somehow that this will give us a shot. Find your way back home. Find a way to give us some time, and I promise you, I can get you that sword back. And I take out the astral plane rock, and I'm like, we picked this up from your previous failed attempt. Is there a way I can contact you with this? I mean, it'll help me get home a lot faster, but... If you're intent on keeping it, you won't be able to contact me. You just would be able to come visit me in my world if you wanted to. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it. And as soon as I get that sword, we will be there. You just have to give us a little time. I know you can't call it off. I know it's not your decision. It's someone else's decision. Someone up there in the order. Just give me some time, and I promise you, you'll get that sword back. And hopefully, I won't have a friend dead at the end of it. The individual stands up to their full height, sheathing the swords on their waist. And as he's doing so, he goes into a little bit of a monologue. Me and Fleep will sit down, just to listen. No, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize it's out of your control. It's out of our control too but these swords we don't allow them to just fall into anybody's hands for any reason there is immense power and responsibility that falls upon one who wields these swords that sword has fallen into the wrong hands where a being an entity an almost God has no responsibility to be accountable for, and he has deemed to give it and leave it unchecked in her hands. As he points out to the window, pointing to Malamara, just outside. 
This entity, entity of chaos, damage, and destruction. An entity that has slaughtered legions of my people. This entity that laughs when he sees death and battle around him. An entity that wherever he walks, death, sorrow, and misery walks in its wake. An entity that has set villages, towns, and cities on fire has given this to her. I just want you. As he looks out the window and stares at Mal, I just want you to realize the seriousness of the situation, as I'm sure you're already aware. Make no mistake. We bear no love for this demon. We want the same thing. We're more on the same side than you might think. But bear in mind, you want her out from under the demon's heel so you can get your sword back, but we want her out from under the demon's heel because we love her. Your way hasn't worked. It won't. Give us a chance to try it our way. (sighs) I will do what I can (coughs) to encourage my people and our leader, Vlakith. To hold, but I'm afraid that she may send far more the next time against your friend. With that, he makes, uh, he steps towards each of you and goes, In case you need or want to know, my name is Vaidonuk. Every night of the Githyanki is important, and although I am no commander or general, knowing one of our names may hold some weight, but certainly not if you meet Vlaketh herself, or if anyone is on Vlaketh's orders herself. Quickly, and I'll take out the stone again. How would I use this thing to get to get to you? Uh, you would need immense magic, or to be from the plane itself, to be able to appear into the, what is attuned to that rock specifically. Are you a magic wielder? Kind of. (laughs) It would take much more than just being a kind of magic user to come and visit me here. Find someone who can travel from plane to plane, and this will be your key. We'll see what we can do. I suggest you go out the back door. I bid you farewell. And disappears. Lance, we, we, we need to... We, we got some stuff we need to get taken care of pretty quick here. We're in the deep, here. man. We're, we're way in the deep here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I know that it was bad with this whole demon thing. Like, a demon is bad. But then there's, like, oh, the queen of the Githyanki themselves. That's, that's, a, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Manamara's really stepped in it. Yeah. Apparently she's not good with people. <laughs> <sighs> you don't say. Yeah. What did she tell you? What did she say? I didn't even ask. Uh, what did she say? Yes, so she reached out to Air 2 in a moment of desperation and was like, a whole horde of orcs killed my entire tribe. I need revenge. Can you help me get revenge? And Air I mean, yeah, was that's like, pretty obvious. We, we, we've connected that yes. for so long, her, her backstory. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just like that episode of Avatar The Last Airbender where Katara wants to kill the man who killed her mother. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Very cross. Very Wow. You know, Good stories repeat each other, basically. <laughs> Listen to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where we explore in the world of Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
Oh man. So this this sword is like the physical symbol of hey, I made a pact with the demon, and if she gives up that sword, then all of the power that Ertu is giving her for the sake of killing the orcs goes kaput. So that's the end game. Just massacre. A massacre. I mean if if I had my druthers, then I would love to be able to, like, if, if Malamara doesn't need to kill an entire horde of orcs, Malamara doesn't need a pact with Air 2, and Malamara doesn't need a sword that, that Air 2 stole from the Gith Yankee. So, it's, it's, I mean, if... Do they not have therapy up north? What's happening? <laughs> From they don't have therapy where I come from either, and I've had to figure it out all by myself. Friggin it's self therapy, yeah. You bought a yes. you bought a self help book. While this conversation's happening between Lance and Fleeple, Mal, you are left with Fleeple asking the question about your sword. This encounter with the Githyanki obviously causes you to self reflect, and as you are carving through uh, some bits of the dragon with your hunting knife. Uh, It's just some parts are not, are just not getting through. And it's at that point you feel a little tug or a little push uh, from your side and you look down at the sword that you had sheathed and you're like, oh, okay. And uh, you go back to your hunting knife, but you feel it again. You're like, what the? You pull it out. And as you pull the sword out, it is brighter. Is it brighter? It feels lighter, but it feels more familiar and comfortable in your hand. And you look down at the dragon, and you unwrap it a little bit, and you start to methodically cut off certain sections of the dragon. The whole hand uh, getting more claws as a result, getting chunks of the scale from the dragon, and it is sharper. It may not be brighter, it may not be lighter, but it is certainly sharper. And at that point, Air 2's voice comes in the back of your mind. Every day, you prove more and more why you are my champion. And so, my boy to you. As your sword has now upgraded to a plus three magic sword. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Ooh boy, this is another one of those times where Ned knows lore about the Forgotten Realms and about Queen Vlokith of the Githyanki, and this this is bad. This is real, real bad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. You do yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Ned, you know more than I do. Oh, good. Yep. And uh, what a fun... What fun little side quest. I love these fun little side quests that we're taking. So yeah. fun. Just, uh, so oh my gosh, fun. that was Real so funny fun. at the very beginning. So we're never talking about this again. No, we're just going to zip our lip and not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just never speak about it ever again. <laughs> love it. Love it. Oh, man. No, it's, uh, I think it's uh, real interesting to see how this is going. And, um, 
Ned, Jacob, Mickey, as always, thank you so much for joining this week's episode. But listeners, thank you for continuing along this adventure to see what's going to happen with the Jenks squad, what's going to happen with Mal, what's going to happen with Air 2. And to further get into uh, the after-school special about why joining Warlock patrons aren't always good. If you like what we're doing here, please leave us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, it lets us know that you like what, you like what we're doing. Uh, it gets us into other people's recommended feeds, and it helps us to be able to shout you on the podcast. Speaking of shouting people out on the podcast, we've got a shout-out. Uh, somebody left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is Garbanzo3 or it's Garbanzo-3, technically. And the subject line is character development, exclamation point. And the rest of the review says, wonderful show with some of the best character development I've heard in a D&D podcast. The story is based on a published campaign, but I think even if you've already played Tyranny of Dragons, you'll still have lots of fun and there will be lots of surprises. Boy, howdy, is that true, Garbanzo-3. <laughs> There are a lot of surprises in this. Uh, They finish off by saying the stay-at-home brew additions have been terrific. Thanks for keeping it clean. Thank you, Garbanzo, for the review. And if you want to get shouted on the podcast, don't forget to leave your review on your podcatcher. You can shoot us an email if you'd like to leave something a little bit longer than a review at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. You can go on all of our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I believe that's it, but it's at iCastFireball20 where you can see uh, when we might be able to drop merch. Uh, We're working on getting a merch store up, actually, where you might be able to uh, get some keychain shirts and other things like that for your iCastFireball swag. But you can see also updates or secrets that we may be revealing um, in upcoming episodes. So don't feel free to reach out to us on there, but don't forget to follow us as well. Uh, As Ned mentioned earlier, shouting out our sister podcast improv tabletop where they go through avatar legends blades in the dark and fate accelerated campaigns they're all fantastic they're all wonderful if you haven't listened at this point you you really do need to just pause and jump on over to improv tabletop and just start listening to one of their campaigns it's fantastic some of them most of them are just wacky crazy fun it's It's a good time, and don't forget to leave them a five-star review on your way out. Lastly, don't forget to share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.